Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Impact Job Talk. And um, we're going to cover a, a topic today that we get asked about quite a lot, actually. Uh, so I'm joined by our owner, Matt Peel. How are you doing today, Matt? Hey, Mark. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, actually, we've been uh, trying to work on getting to this topic here for a while, so I'm kind of excited that we're going to do it today. Um, so when we do our webinars and when we talk to our candidates, uh, we do get asked a lot um, by folks that are getting a little uh, more experienced, we call it that, uh, and they're having sometimes a little trouble getting calls back, getting called for interviews, or maybe feeling like maybe their age is a reason why that's happening. Uh, but I want to start on the on the other side of the coin, if you will. Uh, so, Matt, can you maybe tell me from your talk with employers what is their most common misconceptions about uh, employers, or I'm sorry, about uh, workers that have gone past fifty or getting a little bit older in that age range? What were your thoughts beyond that? Just be careful how you're talking to me, because this is uh, this is my job category or classification too. So better speak to me properly in this. <laughs> well, as I said, this is uh, near and dear to me because I am in this category and we have uh, uh, many of the webinars and, and job talks that we have done thus far cover this. And um, I think the biggest misconception is that uh, people with experience are being overlooked and it's really the opposite. People without any experience, whether it be uh, an entry-level role or, or new college grad, those are the folks that I think are being overlooked in this market uh, because employers are looking for experience, both uh, in the capacity they're hiring, but most importantly, functional industry or technical experience. And, and, and I would just say that the biggest misconception is people with more seasoning like myself are being overlooked and it's, uh, it's the opposite. Uh, People without much experience or any are, are the ones that are really being overlooked. Okay. So, so for the the folks that are maybe looking at a long history, work history, a lot of experience, and trying to figure out what they should put and shouldn't put on the resume, um, maybe you can talk to that a little bit as far as how, how far should somebody go back in their work history when they're putting together a resume if if they've been working for you know a few decades. Now, do we have to say a few decades? Because again, you're 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 poking at the bear here on this. But uh, I think on a resume, you need to go back uh, your entire history as it applies to, you know, post college or or in your chosen field, if you will, uh, because in lie of those experiences, uh, functional expertise technical expertise, or most importantly, industry expertise. Most people don't stay in the same industry for their career. So if somebody's got medical device and they've moved to, to tier one automotive or tier two automotive, it's, it's, it's super helpful to have that in the resume because um, the job or industry you're applying to may be an industry you touched two or three positions ago. And, and I'm a big advocate that uh, you go back uh, to the beginning of uh, applicable skill sets uh, you know, post-college, right? The first job out of college. Even if you're reflecting that company name and what your title was, uh, it's important to have that in there. Okay. So even uh, if you have jobs that maybe weren't really relevant job-wise, but maybe uh, industry-wise, you'd still point to that or somehow include that in your resume? I would. Obviously, if it's a job you had while you were in college and it was non-related to, to what you do today. Uh, for me personally, I worked in the Parks and Recs department while I was in college, so it's, I'm not going to put that on my resume. But my first job post-college that was applicable to IT uh, should be on my resume because it's, uh, at that case, it was in the banking and 
and payroll systems. So um, that that uh, that skill set, functional or industry, is going to be applicable to that um, company that I may be applying to in some aspects. So I want to make sure it's reflective in there. Okay. And uh, speaking of working, you know, in college, and it's been a while, and maybe you worked on some different technologies that are not in use anymore. Uh, what what should you include as far as that goes? Should you still include things that you worked on, even if it's outdated uh, uh, technology-wise, or should you uh, leave that out? Yeah, from a technology standpoint, uh, I would leave it out. Uh, and I'll point to, to, to my background in both programming as well as network skills that I had uh, upon graduation. And, and those skill sets are, are, are obsolete today. So I'm not going to reflect uh, Novell or Lantastic or Banyan Vines uh, as, as my core networking skills. Instead, I'm going to um, put a summary, right? Um, networking skills um, that were applicable back then, meaning number of users, help desk, uh, password reset, server administration. And I'm going to use more general terms versus the specific technologies. Um, and that applies in, in the engineering space. Um, today, accounting finances is uh, generally accounting, accepted accounting practices have, have remained unchanged. But um, you definitely want to talk those functional duties that you handled if the technology has become obsolete. Okay. And uh, if somebody is applying for a job where they have most of the the skills, but maybe they don't have certain technology skills that are up to date. Uh, what would you recommend that they do to kind of bring themselves up to date the best way? Should they more indicate that they are quick and able to learn the new technologies or would they be better served learning them first and then applying for the jobs? No, the glass is always half full and, and that's more of a question for the face-to-face or over the phone or Zoom Zoom call and, and interview. Um there's going to be a learning curve involved in any new job, uh, process, uh, industry, uh, workflow, whatever it might be. So during that interview process, you want to highlight what you do know in a specific technology, and, and you want to be honest of what you don't know. And when you answer what you don't know, you certainly want to be able to segue to uh, what your question was. Well, well, what have you done, or what do I know in these particular areas? And you want to point to any um, user groups that you've been involved with, any readings, periodicals that you stay up to, to, to date with um, that will highlight your effort or investment itself to learn new technologies or new, new ways of doing things that you're not pigeonholed as that quote-unquote perception of, of older workers just uh, looking to uh, work a few more years and be done. Okay. And um, staying with the resume for a little bit, uh, what I know that people ask or maybe are afraid that there are certain things they're putting on their resume, such as graduation dates or different things that will give away their age. Uh, so what are some age indicators, if you want to call them that, that people can either remove or adjust or do something with on their resume to not have that be an obstacle? Yeah, it's a good good question. And and. Uh you certainly want to put your, your month and year of graduation. What you don't want to have happen is leave that off. And, and uh, one of the keyword search engines within uh, the talent acquisition department or, or that recruiter that's looking at your resume will automatically assume that you've left date and 
and, and month off of graduation that maybe you didn't get a degree. Um, so a lot of people are coached or consulted to put no date or time on it if they've gone on to college but didn't earn a degree. Um, and those are, are big red flags for folks as they're looking at that. Um, so you definitely want to be transparent and open <laughs> and accurate on on when you graduated and 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 the degrees or certifications uh, obtained. Okay. Uh, so any anything that they could remove or change, or just just be open and honest about everything, and and just hope that the person looking at it won't hold it against them. If you want to put it that way. Yeah, and again, I, I can't reiterate enough. It's not being held against. We have uh, we have customers that that. Uh, that require us uh, from a degree verification standpoint, right? Did they earn a degree? I don't see a date and and or a year of graduation on this. So uh, it's not to say, hey, how old is somebody? It's to say, hey, are, are they did they complete their degree? Because we have some clients that are are absolute sticklers that that uh, no degree and and that's an absolute uh, rule out from from submission. So it isn't a, a way or an attempt to uncover somebody's age. Uh, it truly is a way that they want to uncover. Did a degree get earned? And if so, when? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, again, the perception becomes reality and folks view that as they're trying to screen me out because I'm too seasoned. And that's yep. uh, that's not what they're trying to do at all. Good. And uh, so you alluded to earlier about the, the interview and uh, some, some things will be better left for the interview. And uh, for someone who's maybe held the same job for a long time, uh, they haven't interviewed in quite a while. Uh, what are some good ways that you would recommend for someone to sort of brush up on their interview skills and uh, um, kind of make the most of the opportunities that they get when they do get called for an interview? I'll certainly start with impactbusinessgroup.com. We've got a ton of information out there for interview preparation, questions to ask, what to be prepared for. So um, for the person that has not interviewed in a while, um, treat it as a discussion. You're not going to get bombarded with uh, strengths, weaknesses, what your boss would say. It's going to be, here's what we have open. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Tell me how your skills align to this particular uh, role or opportunity. Um, the interview world today is very conversational. Uh, interview world back 20 years ago, very adversarial, right? It was a uh, almost uh, an interrogation, if you will. And that's not the case today. Um, with LinkedIn and references and, and mutual connections, anybody can find out anything they need about you as a potential candidate. Somewhere down the line, there's a mutual connection that may have worked at the same place you did. So that piece is left to uh, dig in and uncover on the talent acquisition side. Line management's going to want to know your skills. Uh, how, how are you uh, aligned to this particular role? And what is your, your overall communication skill uh, or communication skill set like? Okay. And you mentioned uh, a little bit about networking there. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit more. Uh, so somebody coming com- just straight out of college may not have a wide professional network yet, uh, where someone who has uh, worked for a while will most likely have a wider network of uh, coworkers, uh, people that have come across professionally. Uh, so um, maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, one, uh, how can that be used to your advantage? So if you can have a, a wide network on your LinkedIn or otherwise. Uh, and also um, if you haven't maybe 
added everybody to LinkedIn or built up that network, but you have worked for a while, uh, maybe some tips on how to to do that and, and leverage that to your advantage. Yeah, and this is probably the biggest downfall of uh, of folks with more experience and more seasoning. Um, they view LinkedIn as a, a social media site or a, a social gathering place and, and are reluctant to utilize it. And it's the opposite. Uh, with more experienced people, you should have more connections, more folks that you've worked with over your career. And you want to be connected to them on LinkedIn uh, specifically for this type of situation. When you're exploring new opportunities or looking for a new role, those mutual connections can help you be sponsored into a, a potential new client or new customer or employee or employer or can help direct you to somebody that is. So um, probably the biggest downfall, and I know I'm jumping ahead on, on some of the things we want to cover today, but probably the biggest downfall of the more seasoned workforce is the leverage of technology to help them find that new role, specifically LinkedIn. And um, for someone who's been around for a while, a more seasoned worker, as you, you mentioned there, um, how can they frame that experience as an asset, so something as a positive to an employer. Absolutely, and, and I'm a big advocate of this, right? The professional summary. Um, you want to surmise the best of your ability your, your last 20 to 30 years of work. You know, 20 years of professional experience in a manufacturing, medical device, et cetera, industry have held positions in, in leadership, project management, business analysts, et cetera. Um, you know, you, you want to give a broad representation of the skills that you possess and have acquired over the last X number of years as, in the professional world. Something that we are seeing right now, especially with COVID and, and the current situation, is there's a lot more either uh, part-time work, contract work, sort of temporary type of solutions as companies are trying to figure out where their demands are, what's happening, what's going on. Uh, but you may have a lot of workers who have never held a contract type of job before. Uh, so what would you tell them as far as maybe considering those types of opportunities as well if they're trying to uh, get back into the job market or switch to a new career? Yeah, don't let the stigma of a contract roll um, steer you away from taking a look at the opportunity. Um, the contract role is is uh, a viable entry into to a client, especially as you head into fourth quarter of an election year, uh, throw COVID in on that. A lot of folks are going the contract route to uh, reduce, you know, uh, perm headcount or fixed costs on their books and and move it to a, a potential project or an assignment that they can depreciate those costs. So it isn't um, to say you're temporary and, and we're putting you in a bucket on the outside. It's There's some financial benefit for them to go that route. And certainly there's a benefit to you as a potential uh, uh, candidate there. Allows you to evaluate uh, the work environment, the culture, etc. And and if it uh, is not the right environment after 30, 60, 90 days or after six months, um, you're not looked upon negatively on the resume, right? It actually is a positive. You've, you've maintained employment and, and you've taken on a contract role and, and opened to a new project. So I encourage everybody to take a look at the contract side um, because ultimately uh, those spots still need to get filled permanently directly at some juncture, whether it be in the next three months or, or six months down the road. So definitely take a look at it. Don't be uh, adverse to 
to your perception of, hey, contract just means temporary, and that means I'm only here for a short period of time. Yeah. So there's always a good opportunity to turn that into a full-time permanent role yeah, at the no end doubt. of the contract. Uh, and then uh, we were discussing resumes earlier, so maybe tie that in here as well. So if, if somebody does have um, contract jobs on their resume, um, uh, how would you uh, advise them to uh, approach that as far as not making it look like a negative to have res- or contract work on your resume? Yeah, I don't think it's looked at as a negative by anybody. Um, especially in today's market, right? You you certainly want to reflect the contract role just as you would your normal experience. Here's the end company. Here's what they do. Here's how large they are. Here was my specific role. Um, And then highlight, I was brought in as a contractor to fulfill X. And this is what I personally did to fulfill that, that project. Yep. And the, and just highlight that it is contract role. So a next employer might look at your resume and they'll see that, okay, there's contract role. That's why it only lasted for six months. So it doesn't look like you're job hopping around or can't keep a job. So uh, aside from that, um, definitely uh, we have a lot of contract opportunities, uh, work from home opportunities, those kinds of things on our website. So definitely come in and check those out. Yeah, no doubt. The contract piece, like I said, is, is always been an area um on election years, fourth quarter, that companies have shifted to to, you know, eliminate adding uh, perm direct headcount uh, for end of year financial reasons, as well as to understand what um, leadership is going to look like in in the presidential election and and how they're going to view, you know, corporate tax or, or corporate incentives to to build new infrastructure or build new uh, capital expense. So. A lot of folks kind of take the sit and wait, and and, and I think you're experiencing a little bit of that uh, uh, this year as well. Yep. So to kind of round things off, if you um, if you had maybe a couple, two, three pieces of advice that you can give someone that maybe feels a little anxious or nervous about getting uh, uh, passed over, you know, the resume because they are a little bit more experienced. Uh, so what are maybe two, three top things that you would recommend that they do to kind of improve their chances? Yeah. Number one, what do you have to lose? Right. Um, this advice is, uh, is free. You're entitled to hundred percent refund, but what do you have to lose by making your resume inclusive to be, make it uh, industry knowledge, uh, professional summary in the functional technical and leadership areas you've held, um, add those dates, uh, back in both at the, the, uh, um, educational level, but also the month and year that you were employed with each particular organization and uh, make it an inclusive resume, not an exclusive or proclusive. Um, I think you're going to find if you focus on those, those skills and making it more all-inclusive, you're going to see a much greater success and, and the people reaching out to you looking for, for uh, you to come in for an interview. Uh, and I think maybe um, to kind of tie back to the very first topic that we talked about today, uh, as far as maybe a, a misconception or fear that an employer might have, uh, is that when you have someone who uh, gets a little bit older, if you want to call it that, um, that maybe they're not interested in staying very long. Maybe they just want to stay for a year or two before they retire, so they're getting close to that retirement age. Uh, so, um, what are some? What's something that you could do? Uh, to ensure the employer that you're actually looking to stay on for quite a long time or long enough. 
Yeah, abs- a- a- during the, the interview, that's where that comes across, right? Uh, the, the answer to that question is I'm exploring both perm and contract opportunities, right? I've got skill sets that's relevant to uh, the labor market and I want to work. Um, there is that perception that 50 is is five years from retirement. And that's just not the case in today's world, right? 50 is still 10 years away, sometimes 15 years away from um, the current retirement uh, incentive age and whatnot. But um, 50 is not 50 as it was 30 years ago. 50 is a new 40 in, in, in a lot of aspects. You hear that applicable to the younger generation. Uh, but then once we hit, you know, 50 plus, we, we settle back into that that old school perception. And that's just not the case. Yep. So anyone out there that's uh, looking for a permanent job opportunity, maybe trying to check out one of the contract opportunities, uh, please check out our website on our job board. Uh, we do have new opportunities added daily. So there's always something new. Uh, and uh, send us your resume. Give us a call. Um, we'll be happy to talk to you and see how we can help. Uh, and our website is impactbusinessgroup.com. And from there, you'll, you'll be able to find a variety of different ways to, to reach out to us and we'll be happy to help. Uh, and uh, feel free to shoot us an email with any follow-up questions on this topic as well. We'll be happy to cover that in a, in a future episode. Uh, so, Matt, thanks for uh, a great conversation here on this. I know a lot of people ask us about this. So hopefully we were able to uh, answer everybody's questions or concerns on this. Uh, and we uh, look forward to having everybody on to the next episode. Thank you.